Hey, I'm Clem. And I'm Krishla. And we're the Mad Marketing Mums. If you're a busy parent who feels like marketing your business online is the equivalent of walking barefoot through a field of Lego, this is the podcast for you. In every episode, we'll be talking all things content marketing with a time-saving focus. You'll get sustainable social media strategies peppered with conversations with some of our favorite marketing professionals. Our mission is to leave you empowered to make marketing decisions that work for you and your lifestyle, not an algorithm. So hit that subscribe button and let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the Mad Marketing Mums podcast. And today we read the Sprout Social Index, so you don't have to. Now, what am I even talking about? What is the index? It is an annual report that is created on behalf of Sprout Social. Sprout Social is a social media management software provider, and the report outlines key social media trends and data that you can use to inform your marketing strategy and even your business decisions. The 2023 report is a compilation of survey responses from 1,800 consumers plus 900 marketers to determine how consumers feel and where marketers can make the most impact. So here is a summary of the key takeaways and what they mean for you and your small business marketing. Yeah, so the nerd and me had a lot of fun reading this report, Krishla. Um, yeah. We were talking about it and we thought that it actually didn't have enough stuff in it. I know, I wanted more. <laughs> I yeah, thought it was going to be yeah. a lot more in depth. But it's good for you, our listeners, because there are a few key areas that if you nail these, you're going to see Mm. social media success. So take us through that first area, Clem. Yeah. So the first area is, is the pandemic's changed the way we socialize, the way we research, browse and shop. And there's really no surprise here. Social is the first place that consumers go to um, when they need information, when they need entertainment or an outlet to voice their thoughts and opinions. It's where they go to be heard. And everybody just naturally, we all just want to be heard. It's a place that they're going to go daily to engage with their friends or their favorite brands, give them feedback and learn about new products and services. So some of these stats are going to sound like they're a bit of a no-brainer, but it's really good to see that some, this has actually like been surveyed and it's confirmed a lot of the stuff that we have been saying that you should do on this podcast. So one stat that really stood out was 53% of consumers say they use social media more than they did two years ago. So if we think about two years ago in 2021, we were either still well into lockdown, some countries were still well into lockdown, or we were easing our way out and getting used to this whole new normal. We had been stuck at home or we were still stuck at home. We were on our phones a lot more. Um, And that's a habit that could be really hard to break as well when you're coming back out into the public. So that that stat was really interesting. It was like 53%. That's huge. Yeah. And I have Um, to say, I feel like I'm... I'm on more than I was a few years ago in a personal capacity 
but not necessarily mm. a business one. So it'd be interesting, yeah. again, if we can break that down even further. Yeah, see, yeah, like what activities? Yeah, I mean, we have to assume it's consumers that they've surveyed here. So it's probably mm. in that personal capacity where they are going to engage with their friends, like you said, interact with brands, provide their feedback, yeah. shop, all of that good mm. stuff. So basically people are online more than ever. Yep, yep. Absolutely. And then the, the thing that kind of stuck out was we, we typically make the assumption that people follow a brand on social because they absolutely adore them and that they're evangelists for the brand, right? That they, they're fangirls pretty much, but that's actually not the case. The primary reasons that people follow a brand on social are to stay informed about new products and services, to have access to exclusive promotions and deals. So they want to feel special. So the fact that they are following your brand means I love you so much that I'm going to follow you on social. So I expect you to love me back in a way, like give me, give me some of the goods that no one else can get. And then the third reason, this one is 45% of these people were surveyed. The content that they post is enjoyable and entertaining. Enjoyable and entertaining does not mean dancing around to, you know, some trending music and stuff. It's obvious, especially say on TikTok, that we can see brands that are enjoyable and entertaining that are not doing any of that trending stuff. And the two secondary reasons, so these are five reasons, but these ones have a much lower percentage when surveyed. The two secondary reasons were to engage with the community and customers, which is what the brand should be doing anyway on social, but people are not following the brand to do that themselves. And then also they follow the brand for their value and their mission aligns with their own. A few years back, it seems like every business and brand was jumping on some sort of mission or social cause. That's not the reason why people follow your brand. That is actually a secondary reason. They're like, yeah, okay, I love your stuff. I do find that my morals, ethics, and values do align with you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the main reason why they follow you. Yeah which is what a lot of brands seem to assume sometimes that that's the case. Well, and like you said, it did used to be there was lots of cause-related marketing. That's interesting. So really people have become a little bit more transactional in their relationships with brands. They really just are there to find out about those new products and services and to have access to promotions and deals. Yeah, I kind of found it as um, they're very much don't waste my time. Yeah, it's, um, you know, give me, give me the products you want me to follow. You want me to continuously buy from you, then you need to give me something in return. And it, it's very much transactional. We see that a lot with almost anything nowadays. It's you want me to give you more. I expect something from you as well. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's good news as a small business owner, mm. because it means you can comfortably sell because that's what people yeah. want. Of course, yeah. we don't want every single thing we post to be selling, 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 shoving our product down mm. people's faces. But if that's what people are following, that's what they want to hear about. And yeah. this is the way that they want to hear about it is via social media. Then great. That gives us an invitation to mm. actually show up and share our offer. So if you have mm. ever worried about being salesy, you can put that worry to the side because this is what consumers are saying that they want. This is a survey. Like this is great news, I think, yeah. for all small businesses using social media. Mm. 
The funny thing is, though, is that, yes, they are inviting you to do the hard sell, but they also surveyed about what consumers don't see enough of. They don't see enough of authentic, non-promotional content. They want to see transparency about business practices and values. They want to see how products are made and sourced. And they want educational content related to the brand's industry and UGC and testimonials in that order. So authentic non-promotional content was most requested. UGC and testimonials was the least. And for those listening at home, UGC is user-generated content. Mm. So that's when other people are creating content on behalf of brands and talking about it. So it may be their own customers sharing their brand experiences Right. So people are following because they want to hear about products and services, but they don't necessarily want that hard sell from the sounds of it. So they want to hear about them. They want to be kept updated, but they want that presented in a way that is really transparent where they get that access into the behind the scenes and finding out, you know, how the products are made or sourced or the, those brand values. Mm. Yes. That's interesting. But what I found was reading this and going, okay, so they get all of this, but they really want all of this stuff too. And all of those points about authentic, non-promotional, transparency about business practices, how products are made, educational and such, that's exactly how a B2B buyer researches. They look at all of those items, including promotions and such before considering a brand. And as well as like with high ticket items as well, that buyer's journey is much longer yeah, and they're going to do a lot more research. And a lot of it is offline as well. So it's like this, all of this stuff that they have said just screams out that this is how a B2B buyer does things. But it's also eventually to me, it's saying that we're all evolving as well as consumers. We're actually going and doing, doing our due diligence when it comes to purchasing. Um, At the same time as well, it's like, if we want the hard sell, that's great. But all of the stuff that people want to see more of is also the best ways that you can earn their trust so that they go and go, yes, I do want to buy from that promotion. How does this apply then? So we know, okay, we we don't need to be afraid to sell. We can do that, but we want to, I think, shake up the way that we're selling by the sounds of it. Yeah, they want to shake up the way that they're selling. They also want, I think, to be taken on the journey with you. If we look at the point about being transparent and and what have you, I mean, how many brands do you know of that discuss their business plan on TikTok? I know of one. Mm-hmm. Um, Who are you thinking of? Because I know I'm, of I'm, one as well. I wonder if we're yeah, thinking so, of the same person. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking of Chase Barber from Edison Motors based in Canada. It's an amazing account to watch. And he he actually goes through the business plan for Edison Motors. He actually does every single point on this index report that they recommend that you do and that consumers expect to see from you. He does every single one. He has discussed his business plan on there. He will go to um, trade shows. So what he has done, he's invented, or he hasn't invented, but he's developed, well, he kind of has invented a hybrid haulage truck. So he's a, a, a logging trucker. And so he's he's pretty much invented a hybrid vehicle for heavy, heavy haulage. As you can imagine here in Australia, that would go nuts as a road train. He shows every development part, every test, um, 
technology that they have discovered that they've developed as well during like it's absolutely everything he's completely transparent as to what the business is doing and where they're going and what hurdles they're going through to the point that between his personal account and edison motors he's got nearly two million followers and every single video just goes so well in terms of views engagement the comments like people are there and dedicated and loyal to him and want to see him succeed. I mean, I don't know how many times I've received an email for seed funding for him and it's already sold out by the time I opened the email. Wow. Like he he has he has nailed this to a T. But that's that's mine. Who are you thinking of? So actually I've got a couple of examples now because another one popped to mind when you were talking. The first one that came to mind and I follow her on TikTok is Brittany she is the founder of Fate the clothing label and she does such an incredible job with her socials I absolutely love it where she's really taking you fully behind the scenes she packs orders and shows what goes into them she shows her own flaws a lot and is very humble and funny she does it in a very humorous way where she's trying to pack an order and she's making mistakes and she has to quickly go and ask her staff for help and things like that but she's taking you through the full business journey she um, has done episodes on where they've made a mistake and they've had a shipment come in and she's like I'm not happy with the quality of this see this thing that's wrong here so what we're going to do is we're going to just give these away whenever you order something else so you can have them for free. I just love her storytelling as well. And it sounds like the Edison Motors account, it's very much about that storytelling. So mm. she's the face of the business, but she brings in her staff and showcases them as well with her content, which I think is really important if you've got a team. But you just feel that connection. You just like her and you want to buy from her because of, of that personal connection. And that storytelling, she's not going, here's my T-shirt. These are the features. It's got sleeves and a neckline, right? She's showing her customers and making them the hero of that storytelling as well. The other brand is the Digital Picnic. Cherie, who is the founder, does a really great job with that radical transparency. Those are her words, not mine. But showing all of the good, bad and the ugly of growing a business and she's she's a marketer she's an expert at this this is what she does but I really love the way she takes people in on that journey as well and I think that's why both of those brands have been so successful online Mm. now is that fate as in like f-a-t-e or f-e-t-e f-a-y-t okay yeah, is how they spell it. But yeah, we'll link to to all of these accounts in the show notes so you can go and check them out for yourself. If you're in retail especially, I recommended this to a student of mine last week saying go and watch what Brittany's doing and the way she's bringing her staff into her content because it feels like you're watching a friend, like you're hearing yeah. stories from a friend. And that, of course, is super, super engaging. Yeah, yeah. So how to apply all of this stuff that we've just been discussing then? I think you've hit the nail on the head about how you interact with a friend is is kind of what you want to be doing in a way with your consumers in order to build that trust. Any questions they ask you, answer them. Treat them almost as if like it's their first day on the job sort of thing and they would need to learn as much as possible from you. Do it that way if you need to. The, the Really the key is, is that what people are screaming for is reasons why should I trust you? It's, it's all well and good that you have a product or a service, but why should I trust you? 
And it's not not necessarily, oh, because this person likes me and this person likes me. It's show them that you actually know your shit or your stuff. Show them that they know, <laughs> that you know there's, you know what I mean. Uh, um, yeah, so not constantly going towards, you know, oh, we are this brand value, we are sustainable, that sort of stuff. It's really, really, really just think, how do I help somebody get to know me? or your brand? How do I help them get to know the brand? It's really, really, really about thinking about treating them like a friend or a first-time employee, I think. Mm-hmm. If you get that mindset, I think you, you'd end up taking all those boxes just like Chase does, just like Brittany does, just like the digital picnic do. It's not saying what you've, your values are, it's demonstrating them. Yeah. You know? It's showing them in that content, in your engagement with your customers, in the stories you're telling about your interactions with your customers or with your clients. People can then really easily see your values from that. Hey, real quick, if you're enjoying the show, hit pause right now to leave us a rating and a review. This will help the Mad Marketing Mums to connect with other time-poor parents in business. And just quietly, it may earn you some good karma from the algorithm gods. Something that's been popping up here and there over the past few years, when you look at things like trends reports and predictions for each year, personalization always seems to pop up but I haven't seen any really huge shifts in personalization. And maybe just because it's no. a little bit tricky to deliver on, on mass, right? It's hard to personalize yeah. everyone's experience. But basically, the report showed that twice as many consumers believe personalized care from brands is more memorable than content that's related to trends or social issues. So they really are seeking out that personalized connection, that personalized mm. experience where possible. And you might be thinking, how could I possibly personalize the experience for people when I'm, I'm speaking to a whole lot of people at once? Um, and you can do this, I think, through that storytelling where you are making a specific customer, a hero of that story, because then people identify themselves in that customer and they can say, oh, I'm just like that. And they feel that personal connection, even though it's not about them specifically. But some really cool stats that kind of came out around this that I'll share with you, 51% of the most memorable brands respond to customer comments. This is what consumers are saying. And hello, that's the bare minimum you should be doing. Somebody shared on threads the other day. She said, if you can't be bothered replying to 10 people who have commented on a post, well, you don't deserve to have tens of thousands of followers. I can't remember who said that, but I'll pop it in the show notes because I was like, yes, bravo, slow clap, but it's true. But anyway, Back to our stats. So 51% of the most memorable brands are responding to customer comments. Be a minimum, minimum, you should absolutely be doing that. 38% prioritize original content over following trends. Now that one's really interesting. And we know that the platforms themselves have been saying, we're going to prioritize 
original content. And it makes sense. I bang on about this a lot, that you do need to be sharing original content because that's what creates that connection. That's what makes people feel seen and heard. Obviously, it tells your own brand story rather than you just simply lip syncing or copying a silly trend, mm -hmm. yeah? Trends are fun. We love them. They can be a great way to boost your reach, but at what cost? Because you may be getting a whole lot of eyeballs on your account, but they're not necessarily the right eyeballs. And as a business, and I will say this until the cows come home, you don't need to go viral to make money online. What you need is to get the right people to get their attention, to build that connection and get them to take action off of the platform. Your views do not matter unless you're a content creator or, you know, you're a budding comedian or someone in the entertainment industry just waiting to be discovered. Yeah, you don't need all those views. You need the right people. And the way to get the right people is to share that original aligned content that talks about what it is that you actually do and how you can actually help people and serves your potential customers or clients. And another really interesting stat, the most memorable brands, 37% said they're, they're the ones that engage with their customers as opposed to publishing a lot of content, which is great mm. news for our small businesses. You don't necessarily have to be pumping out lots of posts a day. Rather, it's having that direct engagement, that, that line of access, I think, to you and yeah. what's happening behind the scenes, what's really happening in your business, I think that matters a lot more. Mm. Now, I think if, if, if a business owner is saying, well, I don't get any comments, I don't have the opportunity to engage with anyone because no one's commenting on my videos. Your videos aren't the only one, only videos that are on that social media platform. Your channel's not the only one either. You can go and find, say, a competitor or even a brand within the same sphere as you that have very similar customers and go and party in the comments in there. See if maybe you can get the attention and engage with some people in those comments and you might see that they might come to your channel eventually as well. The, the comments are absolute gold and it does not matter whether that's TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram threads, the comments is really where it's at. Yeah. So how can you apply all of these ideas and these statistics? First and foremost, respond to your customers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make sure that you are responding to anybody who's commenting. If you're receiving a direct message from someone, if somebody's responding to content that you're putting out, please, please, please respond to them. Also prioritize engagement, going out there and engaging on other people's content. And I think the very best place to start is with your own followers. Go to your followers, go click through. You could do a handful a day. You know, don't tell me you don't have time for this. It can take literally two minutes. Click through, give some likes, share a nice meaningful comment on their post as well if it's public and you can do so if it's not perhaps you can send them a message and thank them for engaging on your post go out there and give them a bit of love on their content as well especially if you are working b2b with other businesses they're going to have public content and they're going to be in the same boat you are where they're wanting engagement and traction on their content you can also use AI to shortcut some of this process. So you can use 
tools, chatbot tools such as ManyChat. I use that. I absolutely love it and I will link to it in the show notes. Basically, it's a chatbot software that can send automatic replies. I love Mm. using this for promotions more so than my actual engagement. So the other day I ran a masterclass, a content planning masterclass, and the prompt that I used using ManyChat, I set up an automation saying, send me the word roadmap and I will send you the link to the masterclass. And if you want to see how that looks and how it works, go over, send me a message at Shall We Social with that word roadmap and you'll see how the automation automatically works. Yeah, it's so easy to set up. This is a great option. If you are a one person team, you can set up some of these automations for your frequently asked questions or to share a product or service that you've been talking about. People can comment or they can send you a DM and they will automatically be sent a message. A couple more ways that you can apply this. Um, Ditching the trends. Stop trying to chase every trend and do what the full-time content creators are doing. Their strategy online is really different to your strategy as a small business owner. So instead of trying to always do trending content, create a strategic content plan and stick to that type of content so that you can actually stand out and so that your content is different to everyone else's. It is so boring seeing the same lip syncing videos a hundred times when you're going through Mm. reels, for example. It's much more interesting to see you, to hear your voice and your unique perspective. So that was the personalization piece. And then another big part of this puzzle is AI, artificial intelligence. So Clem, take us through that. Um, So there's all this hype about AI, but majority of customers that were surveyed in the Sprout Social Index were slightly or very apprehensive about brands using AI in social media interactions. They actually were almost in a way against brands using AI to interact with them within the social media space, which you'd think you'd think that they would be like, Oh, well that makes their life easier. That's great. But no, they actually want to be talking to a human being. What's that trust piece, right? If they feel like they're just being, you know, dumped with something that's come out of chat GBT and they, then they don't know that the person behind that brand knows Mm. what they're talking about. Yeah. Now, the next stat really surprised me. Um, 46 of 18 to 24-year-olds say they're apprehensive about increased AI usage, second to 57 to 75-year-olds. So our age group is all for using AI, but our younger siblings or our parents, not so much. So 46% that was. That's so interesting. Yeah. You would think it would be the other way around where, you know, 35 to 45 year olds would be really apprehensive, but no, Mm. not at all. But Gen Z are notoriously distrustful of 
everything. Because they've grown up online, they can smell BS a mile off. And that's probably what that reflection Mm. is. They know. They're like, oh, yeah, that's generated by AI. That's fake. Like, they think everything they see online is fake, basically. And that's because they've been taught to think that because there has been a lot of fake stuff online, right? We used to fall for things. We were gullible. You know, remember the Blair Witch Project or even The Office, the UK version? People thought that was real. Oh, really? Yeah, they thought The Office was real in the beginning and then they realised it was a parody show. Because we hadn't seen things like that happening before, these mockumentaries, mm. we fell for it and we were a lot more gullible. Whereas Gen Z are like, nah, fake, that's fake. And they are quite distrustful um, of the world around them in general and definitely of social media. So actually that one mm. doesn't surprise me quite as much because of yeah the way that they behave online. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, then the next stat was, uh, this, this one does not surprise me whatsoever. 93% of leaders expect to increase investment in AI and ML machine learning (laughs) to scale customer care functions over the next three years. I mean, that's not surprising if customers are expecting much more from brands online and on social, obviously, you know, if you want to keep your margins, where they are, you're going to have to be smart in where you're investing your resources and such. And that's where AI can really, really help with that. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's an AI bot that's talking to your customers. That can be tasks such as organizing data, you know, that kind of thing. So like when they give you information on the chat, it goes and automatically puts it in the right customer um, profile, that sort of thing. Does not mean just go and use a chat bot. So Anyway, as we as we say that, what does this mean for you, these kind of stats? Budget time and money to invest in AI. Um, so really, really be smart about how you're going to invest in AI. Don't just think that it's going to fix all of your problems, but really, really do your research in terms of what platforms and what functionality they're doing and test it with your customers. Even ask them like, hey, I'm actually using this. Like, how did you guys find that experience? Blah, blah, blah. Dennis Yu, uh, who we interviewed on this podcast, just said it perfectly. AI is like fire. It can burn you or cook a good steak. AI is a tool. Um, Actually, consider not using it when you're interacting with your customers. I know that it takes time to go on to that chat and talk to customers and, and fix the problems that they're having. I completely understand that. But you might want to consider actually making sure that that's still a human being that's speaking to them as well. There are platforms out there that they actually do use a human being. So they might use in the beginning a chatbot to get you to the right customer care person. But that person is an actual human being behind there trying to help you out. So if you wanted to go down that route with any sort of chatbot service or anything, have a look at that. There are options out there where they actually do use human beings. But you can use AI and use it to streamline your content creation process and other back of house tasks. So just like what I was saying before, use it to analyze your data that can free up your focus so that you are speaking to your customers and that you do have that time. Customers are expecting a timely response and it needs to be personalized for their problems. I think it was in that report. It was they're happy if you respond back within a day. So it's not like they're expecting an immediate response. But do take the time to, to make it personalised. I had a yucky experience online actually the other day where 
somebody, she's an online marketer. She's amazing. I felt a connection with her years and years and years ago when I was first starting out. And I actually enrolled and did one of her Facebook ads courses many, many years ago. Loved it, would religiously consume all of her content. I was like, she's amazing. And the other day, she sent me a friend request on TikTok. And I was like, oh, that's so cool because I hadn't seen her for a little while. She Mm. was the sort of person that was everywhere and then disappeared for a little while, then came back and she had Mm -hmm. changed the focus of her business, et cetera. So I was like, ah. And so she sent me a friend request. I, or sorry, a follow request. I accepted and I messaged her and I said, oh, hey, it's so nice to connect. I've been in your world for years now. I actually did your original Facebook course way back in the day and it was really valuable and it's been really interesting to watch how your business has evolved over the years. And I got back just an automated sales pitch. And I was like, oh, that's so disappointing. It was so disappointing from someone who should know better as well. And and I was just immediately turned off. And maybe I had said something in my message that had triggered an automation. That's fine. But it it was just... The fact that the automation was a full-blown pitch, Mm. I don't know. It just gave me the ick. Now, the final area of the report is that social media is not just for marketing. Now, this one I found really interesting. Basically, what the report found these days is social media for your business, it's no longer just a communication tool. And if you use it correctly, it can actually be a really valuable source of business intelligence and information Mm -hmm. gathering. And if you are fortunate enough to work with a team and you're not just a solopreneur, what you'll probably find is those people who are front-facing your community management teams or your social media manager is often the most connected with your customers because they're there on the front line, they're talking to customers in real time, or they're seeing their comments or complaints in real time as well. And there's a great uh, little quote here that I really love. Um, And I cannot pronounce his name, but he is the head of social media at Clavio Azad. Um, I will not even attempt his surname here in case I butcher it. But he says, as the most accessible touchpoint for consumers, social media has become the call center, suggestion box and customer service desk for brands. So Mm. give your team the resources to effectively care for your customer via social media. 93% of leaders expect to increase their investment in AI. Of course they do because they see it as a shortcut and a way to have fewer people working. Yes, we want AI for those back-end processes. Amazing. But we also actually need to invest those resources into the people who are caring for your customer, who are frontline. And for so many years, it's been, oh, we'll give that job to the intern. But actually what this report is saying is, hey, social media is so valuable, not just for communication, but for actually getting all of that business intelligence, for being able to create solutions 
for your customers or clients based off of real life interactions that you Mm -hmm. actually need to invest in these people and give them the resources to be able to gather that data and to feed that back through the rest of your organization. Organizations need input and resources from a range of teams to actually use social media to its full potential. That might look like involving your customer service team in your social media marketing. So they know what's coming out. They can be prepared for the questions or complaints that may arise as part of that. Another one of the recommendations from the report is to lean on your social media team and to listen to them uh, when it comes to trends. So they're the ones who are out there interacting with customers, they're seeing what's happening in the world around them, and they can spot trends um, or emerging products or services Mm. that other businesses like them may be doing. Now, all of that information can be filtered back through the company, so it can actually inform your product decisions as well. So again, it's not just a job for the intern. It's actually really, really crucial to your business success. And their final recommendation or observation here was that you can use this data from your social media, uh, from previous post performance, from those comments and engagements that you're receiving to develop your other campaigns. So if you are doing uh, paid advertising, for example, or offline campaigns such as events, you can pull what's worked from social media and translate that into content for those other campaigns that you're doing. To recap, social media is no longer just a tool for communication or for broadcasting your message out into the world. If you use it correctly, it can become a vital source of business intelligence. You can use it to inform your products and services and to provide new and valuable ways to connect with your potential customers and existing customers. As always, the key to success lies in prioritizing those online relationships. And those relationships are built by being authentic, by showing that behind the scenes and being transparent in your content, and by engaging and responding to your audience, treating them like the real life humans that they are. So as many earlier we will link the um, examples of the accounts that are doing that really well we'll also pop in the link to this report if you'd like to go and take a look at it it's not super long but if you want to have a look at it firsthand and draw some conclusions about the ways that that could work for you then by all means head on over to the show notes and take a read well that's it for this episode if you've got any comments or insights we'd love to hear from you And if you loved this episode, please, 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 please drop us a review. And we will reply to your review. Yes, we will. (laughs) We won't leave you hanging. No. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Stay mad.